ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Berry. And Brett, well, uh, football camp has started officially, and we're going to get to that. Trust me, we got a really cool guest coming up who has a system out there. Justin McAleese of McAleese Sports will be joining us to talk about his predictions for Arizona, or really what his model predicts for Arizona, which, spoiler alert, not bad at all. But, Brett, that's the good news, I guess, for this show. The bad news is kind of related to Arizona men's basketball. We'll start there because we'll get the bad news out of the way. Last week... We had previewed that, hey, might want to tune in next week as Arizona is a favorite for a five-star guy, Kwame Evans Jr. And since that time, he has committed to Oregon. Apologies, listeners. We led you astray. We? So, uh, well, I kind of did. There you go. <laughs> um, the Royal We, Adam. We're part of a team. Sure. Now, you know, all indications were, uh, you know, the, the, were that K.J. Evans was an Arizona lead. And then in the last couple of days, it started to, you know, Nike money may come into play in a, in a way, um, but we don't know. But he decided to go to Oregon, and I don't think Arizona fans should panic. Uh, in Tommy, we trust, and he's proven to rec- he's able to recruit. Does it suck to lose a top 10 overall recruit? Sure. But can you lose <laughs> something you never had? You know, like, and that, that's, the, that's the joy of recruiting. Like, we got used to Arizona under Sean Miller getting all these five-star guys, the one-and-done five-stars, and Evans is most assuredly going to be a one-and-done. And then you get to the point where people are like, I'd rather Sean Miller recruit guys are going to be around two, three years. Well, obviously, if you can get five-star guys, do it. But if Tommy Lloyd's bringing in players who, and he's going to, he's on five-star guys. It's not like he hasn't recruited five-star type talent. So I don't think there's anything to worry about there. But there's a balance, and you're not going to get all of them. Like, there are other high-profile programs, including on the West Coast, like Oregon. And with the era of NIL, they, I'm sure, do great. So... Like it's it's a disappointing, yeah, you want to get the best players you can. But like you said, in Tommy, we trust. I'm very confident that the team he's bringing in this next season, I'm obviously Evans would not have been a part of it, but that the teams that Lloyd will be able to build going forward are going to be very good. You know, they may not be the same as like the peak Sean Miller days where they had three or four or five stars and all these one and dones, which might be a good thing. But certainly, yeah, you want to win some of these recruiting battles, and I'm confident Tommy Lloyd will win them more and more as he becomes more entrenched. As I remember, like, Dana Altman's been to a Final Four, right? He's had success at Oregon for a long time. Tommy Lloyd's had a season at Arizona. Like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt early on, especially if he keeps get, earning number one seeds and winning the conference. So I think, like, yeah. yeah, disappointing, sure, but whatever. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I think your point is right. We can't expect to win every five-star battle, but then uh, Adia Barnes would beg to differ. It seems, Adam. That's true, and that—that's the good news. Like we're, we're not done with basketball here. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, Jada Williams flipped from UCLA to Arizona. That's pretty cool. She's a five-star, one of the top players in the country. Not mad about it. Uh, rated number one in Instagram followers, I believe. <laughs> and what a, a following! Player. Like, yeah, uh, Adia Barnes is building up a monster roster uh on the on the on that woman's side uh and it's gonna be real fun to watch them uh hit the court together well and that's the thing too like whereas 
I just mentioned for Tommy Lloyd, he uh, he won, I got a number one seed, whereas Dana Altman's been there. Uh, Dana Barnes has been there. You know, she was in a national championship game two years ago. Like that that resonates. That shows like like yeah, we're still coming. Tommy Lloyd can get there. Adia Barnes has shown she she can. Like she's proven it. So what she's building there, yeah, getting someone to flip from UCLA, obviously that's. That's nice. <laughs> if we just argue that's disappointing that Oregon took one from Arizona, well, Arizona just took one from UCLA. But that's recruiting for you, too. Like mm-hmm. Until someone signs, until they show up to, you know, there, it's a while. Again, these are 17, 18-year-old kids who are making decisions, and they should do what they think is best. And obviously, we're biased. We think what's best is Arizona. But if they decide otherwise, whether it's NIL, whether it's coaching, whether it's location to family, whatever it is, that's their business. But when someone like Jada Williams decides they want to go to Tucson, yes, please, sign me up. Like, that's... <laughs> Not mad about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just more positive momentum for the the, the women's team and Adia Barnes. Uh, just give her a lifetime contract already. <laughs> I feel like they want to. <laughs> like, yeah, how, how can we make this happen? Somebody like, donate some money. Build her a statue already. Well, it's going to be next to the Jed Fish statue and then the Tommy Lloyd statue and the Lou Olson statue is already there. Like, well, we got John Button Salmon too. Like, how many statues are going to be Monument Park? Well, first, Adam, let's have Jed Fish win game two of his career <laughs> watch him double his career win total <laughs> i mean let's 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 slow a little bit of the optimism down there uh though i think we're all pretty excited about what jet fish is building let's just tap the brakes slightly fair fair uh one more quick basketball note here of course the arizona men's basketball you know the maui invitational they're gonna open against cincinnati that's neat the maui invitational is gonna be a fun tournament for them to be a part of next year you know hawaii's always fun so you know yeah can, can, uh, can we get somebody to sponsor us to be able to go out to that tournament in Hawaii, Adam? That'd be a nice thing for us to cover in person. It, so, yeah, for Wildcat Radio 2.0 listeners, if you want us to cover that game live, I don't know, what would covering be? Just be in Hawaii and go to the game? Like, Send us okay. to the game, and we will talk about it on Adam, a subsequent podcast. Don't don't complicate it. Just <laughs> send us money. <laughs> NIL for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I think this is called, like, listeners. <laughs> like, downloads and stuff. It's basically the same, right? Like... like you know, I don't know. No, I know it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun tournament. It'll be a a, a good test. I think there's enough uh, talented rosters there to see what Arizona uh, is made of in the, in the new roster. All right, so I think we squeeze enough basketball there, brother. It's it's football time, right? We know Arizona fall camp has started. There's football down in Tucson, one of the more intriguing and exciting seasons in recent memory based on everything we've seen jed fish another great off season and we've talked on the show we think they're going to be better this next season we expect you know maybe not a huge win total but definitely more competitiveness from them and uh last week a guy mackalee sports had tweeted out that arizona may be the most improved college football team in the country and he broke down his reasoning with his methodology that he uses and we decided to talk to him and then try to get an idea of what he was thinking. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Justin McAleese from McAleese Sports is going to tell us why he thinks Arizona may be the most improved college football team in the country. Welcome back to Wildcat Radio 2.0. As promised, we are joined by Justin McAleese of McAleese Sports. You may not be totally familiar with him, but actually I imagine over the last week you have become familiar with him because he tweeted out uh, in late July that Arizona may be the most improved college football team in the country. He has a rating, his pie rating, and broke it down, and we were like, wait, you think Arizona's going to be quite improved? We think so, too, but you ran the numbers. Justin, welcome to Wildcat Radio 2.0. We're glad to have you here. All right, yeah, great to be on with you guys. Thanks, Adam and Brett. 
Yeah, so, I mean, the first question is, like, you send that tweet, and I think every Arizona fan was like, aha, right? Because, like, we love the idea yeah. of optimism. Like, yeah, it's not just us, or we're not crazy when we think they're going to be better than the one-win team of 2021. But, sure. like, what about Arizona prompted you to send that tweet? Like, what have you found that says, like, Arizona is going to be not just improved, but maybe the most improved team in the country? Yeah, you know, I think the to set the stage for it, it's you kind of have to get the bad news out of the way first, you know, and you can't really sugarcoat one and eleven. And and if you look at the like you mentioned the pie ratings is something I do, which is the probability of beating an average FBS team on a neutral field. That's what that that percentage ranking means. Um, and they were really low last year, so this wasn't a case where Arizona was like a one and eleven team. But, you know, they were competitive in every game, and so they were really a lot better than the record looked. Now, they were, that was pretty reflective where they were. And I think there's some legitimate coaching questions as well. So there are some definite negatives, and I could understand why there'd be some pessimism. Um, but when I started looking at it and I started doing my simulations and doing all of the, you know, the returning rosters and all of, the, all of these t- different things, the transfer portal was really huge this year. What I saw was a couple of big things stood out. I mean, I think Jaden Delora coming over, is a huge deal. I think probably most Arizona fans would feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I think there's a lot of upside there. Uh, he, you know, he was coming from a situation that you guys know that was not ideal, um, <laughs> to say the least, uh, up in Pullman with the coaching situation, everything that was going on. And yet he still performed well. Um, and even a, a receiver like Jacob Cowling from UTEP is a pretty big deal as well. That, that's a lot of yards coming in not just yards, and I don't look at it just in terms of yards, um, but, you know, reception rates, replacement values. These are things that are a little bit behind the numbers that really matter for a team like Arizona. There, there's a one hidden stat that you won't see directly in my preview, but there's something I call replacement value ratio. And what this is, is it's the returning replacement value of the current roster plus the incoming replacement value of the guys coming into the team divided by the returning replacement value plus the outgoing replacement as the guys you lost. So it's essentially this ratio of how much kind of productive talent do you have coming back? And Arizona had a 1.6, and that may not mean much to most people, but that's a huge number. It's actually almost off the charts huge, partially because they had a low replacement value base last year for only one win. But what that indicates is there's this huge upside for potential movement in the positive direction. That's one of the big driving factors for Arizona. And that replacement value that's coming in the numerator there is from Deborah, is from Cowing, and a couple other sources as well. But mostly it's that there weren't many losses that were high replacement value guys. So even though there was some attrition at some positions like wide receiver and such, it wasn't attrition that I think is going to hurt Arizona that much. So those are a couple of big stats I think are pointing in a positive direction for Arizona this season. So, Justin, thanks for joining us, and you know, thanks for sharing some of your uh, your preview with Adam and I. We've had a, a little a little bit of fun, kind of diving into it. You know, the the tweet caught our eye with Arizona's the most improved team, and you know, we find your ideas intriguing and would like to subscribe to your newsletter. Obviously, as we are wish casting Arizona success. Um, you know, the the competitiveness rating. One of the things that we were looking through, it kind of tells the story of like what you mentioned with the pie rating, where it looks like Arizona was competitive in you know in your numbers. Uh, last year even in the games they didn't win which kind of passes the the fan eye test at least that we we saw on the field uh you talked about a lot of the returning production and kind of the upside there uh naming like delora and and jacob cowing uh i'd be curious to know because it was unclear to me in looking at this does your model um take into account 
uh, freshman newcomers at all, or is it really only transfer newcomers? Because Arizona's got you know a top twenty-five recruiting class and some true freshmen that are also going to be competing and probably starting day one. Yeah, and so it does implicitly account for these guys, not explicitly. So I'm not um, looking at some of the young wide receivers that I think you guys are probably excited about coming in and giving them a replacement value grade because they haven't put any stats on the field yet. But what I do, and, and this is worth a lot of weight in any predictive model um, that's worth its salt really in college football, is uh, recruiting rankings matter quite a bit. Now, how you put them together, um, everyone's going to have a different way. The way I do it is I look at essentially, I take the existing recruiting rankings that are out there. I put them on a percentile basis because some of the recruiting point system that the various recruiting services use are a little screwy. So you got to be careful about using them directly. So you want to scale it um, to kind of like a zero to 100 scale. And what I do, and I think this is a little different than from what some other people do is a lot of people do a straight average, but what I do is I actually put more weight on older classes. So I'll put say like 0.4 weight, 40% weight on a few years ago, the guys who are more likely to be the seniors right now or fourth year players, and then 30% weight on the junior class, 20% sophomore, 10% freshman. And for me, that that's sort of this intuitive idea of, you know, the this the fourth and third and fourth plus year players are the ones that are be playing the most. And so those are the recruiting classes that really factor into those talent rankings, those recruiting rankings that you guys probably have seen in that preview that, that I shared with you earlier. Um, so in terms of those incoming freshmen, yes, that they're, they're factored in in those recruiting rankings. Those recruiting rankings are a big input into the overall power rating for the upcoming year. I imagine that's kind of the fun when you do these models, like you have a system and whatever the numbers spit out, that's what it spits out. Like it's not your opinion so much. It's this is what your data shows. So obviously number 42 isn't great for Arizona. Hey, they're number 42 in the country, but compared to last season, like that shows improvement. And it's all predictive. We don't know what's going to happen. Football is played, you know, on the field. But when you look at Arizona, you mentioned the receivers, but what does the model say in terms of, because like, Running back seems like a deep position for Arizona. Defensive backfield seems pretty deep, too. Like, it seems like the model is not necessarily as high in those areas, but, like, on any individual player, but maybe as a group, it's, like, a solid, like, kind of idea, like, would they beat an average team? Like, these are maybe better than average, like, replacement-level type players that Arizona has at these positions. Is that what we're seeing here? Because there's, you know, a lot of really good data here. Yeah, and and that's the kind of thing you'll see when – in. And there's, there's this little bit of a, a two-pronged story that happens. So you have these kind of these unit rankings that are based on something called a Bayesian projection. It's something I do this year that, that's to a, specifically to account for the transfer portal situation that's been going on. Um, it's a different prediction world than it has been in the past. And so I think we have to adapt our methods a bit to, to account for that. And so, so part of the story is to look at the, the unit rankings like quarterback, running back, et cetera. And like wide receiver, for instance, as one example, I think I have them at number 30 overall in uh, pass receiving grade, for instance, which is pretty good considering yeah. where Arizona was a year ago. I mean, that's a pretty big jump. And quarterback is in the 50s. I think it can be higher. I actually think that this is a good point of what you're making. Like, the objective value says 50s. I personally think they actually could end up a little higher based on what I think Dolores' ceiling is um, in moving forward. But yeah, that's that's where the rankings are. So you combine all those, and that's one in, that's one of the major inputs along with the talent rankings. 
And then another input is just those other kind of like special stats I was talking about, like the replacement value ratios, the, of course, the talent rankings. There's something else where you look at the power rating components that I break down, uh, and one of them is called game day differential. And what that is, is that's just kind of a fancy way of saying an error term, where you look at what happened a year ago, how much did they overachieve or underachieve compared to what you would have expected one year ago at this time, basically. And Arizona is one of those, I think it's a minus 21% or something around that area. What that is, that's a negative predictor. That, that means if that's a random error, and that's pretty close to a random error term, that means it should go up this coming year, most likely. It's not guaranteed. Like you said, it's a predictive thing. And, you know, there's, there's a widespread of things that could happen. But most likely, that's something that's going to move in the positive direction. And that random error encompasses a lot of things. It could be, you know, penalties. It could be fluky plays. It could be just performance that was lower than you expected from guys based on their experience levels, but you think it's going to turn around this year. There's a lot that goes into that. And that's one, another one of those factors that's pointing to the positive direction for the Wildcats. So like screen passes that get intercepted, which Arizona was really good at last season. <laughs> that kind of factors yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually one of the – I actually have a kind of this funny statistic I do where I do interception and fumble luck, and it's – and it's not just I don't think interceptions are just bad luck, but I do compare interception rates to like pass breakup rates. And and I compare fumbles lost to actual fumble totals. So what, what are your fumble recovery rates? How often are you getting picked off when compared to passes just being deflected? Some of those things are indicative of actually just bad luck with turnovers. And so those are the things I try to pick up on them. What, what are the teams that are going to kind of turn it around based on some of these unlucky categories? So, Justin, you know, I think a lot of people inherently believe Arizona, that the notion that Arizona should be massively improved, but they see their win-loss record might be held back by what is perceived as a, as a relatively strong schedule uh, is the consensus in non-conference and otherwise. Uh, you know, in going through your, you know, for, for those of you that haven't seen the, the is Justin's College Football Atlas, he kind of goes through game by game. Can you walk us through how you uh, – you know, make those comparisons between the teams and, and expected records after each game? Yeah, yeah. So what that is, is what, what I do was essentially after I get all these power ratings, these pie ratings, as I call them, um, I, I match all the teams up. I, I, you know, I play out the schedule and I do it 100,000 times for the whole season. You know, so I, every, every team gets their, every game gets played essentially 100,000 times in my simulation engine. And, and, I, and I build in all these error terms and all this random distribution stuff to, to account for all these weird things that can happen in a season. And those, those error distributions are based on what's happened historically in college football. And that's based on a database of you know, millions of plays. So it goes back a pretty long ways. And so what I do is then I look at, okay, let's look at the game by game. I get a percentage of a percent probability that a team's going to beat another team. And I do that for every game. And then, and then for the whole season, I'll get, for all 100,000 seasons, I'll get a certain record. So Arizona, one simulation might be 10 and two. Great. You know, we had a great Let's year. Let's go with that uh, one. <laughs> another one, they're two and 10. Okay. So it's just not Ooh. much. <laughs> so these are the kinds of things that, that, that happen. And, and as long as you build your error terms, right, then you get this, you get a reasonable distribution of what's going to happen over the course of the year in a, in a fair probability distribution of the wins and losses. So that's what I try to do here. And I think you abs you're absolutely right. I mean, Arizona's probably biggest enemy this year, I think, is the schedule. Um, 
I, I'm excited about the potential to be better. I'm less enthusiastic about it actually coming through in the record because even their non-conference is extremely tough. Um, you know, when you're arguing about what's the hardest game, San Diego State or North Dakota State, you're maybe in a bad position. Some people might think Mississippi State. I think that's <laughs> not the right answer. But, uh, you know, so they're going to be – it's going to be tough. They, I wouldn't be shocked if they had a losing record, even though I project them out to about six and a half, seven wins on average. Um, but it, I would not be surprised to see them anywhere from two wins to ten, to be honest, because if you look at this distribution, Arizona has one of the most balanced – schedules in the country in terms of every game looks to be competitive on paper 11 out of the 12 games have between a 30 and 70 percent win probability which means in other words it's going to be a roller coaster ride all year long most likely for arizona game to game is probably going to be a wild ride i think and that that could end up with four wins that could end up with eight wins or anywhere in between well, the roller coaster is Arizona football. This is Justin McAleese, McAleese Sports. He has his 2022 college football atlas that we're talking about here because he does predict Arizona to be decent. I would say he. The numbers, the system predicts Arizona to be much improved. Of course, Justin tweeted that out. He thinks Arizona might be the most improved team in the country. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this here. You have Arizona with a 69% win percentage against San Diego State, so that's nice. And then going on down the list, you know, North Dakota State is 51%. That's a toss-up, which I think actually most Arizona fans would take. Right now, a 50-50 chance of beating North Dakota State. Then after that, Cal, again, another 69%. Colorado, 83%. Like that, yeah, that should be a win for Arizona. Like, it better be, right? Um, Because if it's not Colorado at home, then when is it? And after that, you know, Washington is winnable. It has at Washington, which I think is intriguing. And, of course, finishing up Washington State and Arizona State. Arizona State, yes, please. But, you know, breaking it down that way, it's like, yeah, it's it's not. Like, yeah, we want you on because we love the idea that Arizona could be better because we like that backup that support but it isn't that crazy to think that the numbers that this computer spit out that your system spit out, I was like yeah I, I could see them winning those games now granted this is the same team that lost to nau last year so every game yep. could conceivably be a difficult game but there's reason to believe and the computer sees it that there is reason to believe that this team would be better and maybe with a little bit of luck right like the competitive they'll be more competitive and with the turnover like maybe a fumble bounces to them as opposed to away from them you know a, a batted ball doesn't find its you know, find its way into a linebacker's hands, it ends up just falling incomplete, Arizona wins a couple more games. And if their luck turns around, it sounds like what your model is saying is that the talent level is good enough to be decent. And with a little bit of luck, with a couple of breaks, they could be actually pretty good. Is that is that like a a wordy way to interpret the data here? Yeah, I think so. I think that's actually pretty accurate. Um, you know, you look at, like, you're just going through the win percentages. And you look at the, I put some predicted uh, uh, point spreads on there, essentially. They're, they're not what, what the Vegas point spreads are or what I think the Vegas point spreads will be. They're just what I think are fair um, spreads on the games. Like and, right now, yeah. Yeah, like right now, and they're almost all single digits. And it's just most of the time you'll, you'll see at least a, co- a non-conference game or two for a Power 5 team where, you know, you might have a minus 30 or something. You have some cakewalk game, so you, you, you know you at least got a win that you can chalk up there. Arizona just doesn't have that. And it's not because I don't think there won't be a good team. I do think they're going to be pretty good. I think they're probably middle of the pack power five, roughly. And that, that's around where they're at. When you're, when you're looking at a number 42 team, there's not much difference between number 32, number 42, and number 52, to be honest. Um, it, it takes a few small factors like you're talking about. Ball bouncing your way, blocking the punt, 
springing the big punt return. You know, special teams always are a big thing, are a big factor with these kinds of issues, and special teams are notoriously hard to predict. So those are the kinds of things that can factor in the penalties, all of those issues. So certainly, I think going into fall camp and going heading into August into Labor Day weekend, this is a team that should have some optimism. I mean, they, there's no guarantee they're going to make it to a bowl, but I do think there's a very good chance that they they could get that far. Um, they need to start strong, of course. And you know, if you look at the rounded the, the record benchmarks I put in there. I, at the Colorado game, you want to be at least three and two. That's kind of how I see it. If, if you're if you're three and two at the Colorado game, I think you're on target, you know, to get back to a bowl game and have a decent seven and five type of year. Yeah, one one of my favorite things. Speaking of optimism, Justin, is you have a, a greater percent chance of Arizona going twelve and zero going to the college football playoff in Rose Bowl than going winless. So <laughs> that's that's optimism for Arizona football fans. Yeah, absolutely. Two percent chance. You're right of going of going twelve and zero. I, I I had to look that one up again. I didn't remember, but I remember making a note before I came on with you guys. Because I remember saying in my notes, they said, you know, it's interesting that Arizona has about an equal chance of going two and ten as they do of going eleven and one. And I just thought there's not many teams where that's the case this year. And that just so I mean, to kind of wrap it up here. Is that unique? For your model, have you seen something like this where Arizona, like the variance is so like, hey, it could go either way and the odds are the same for such a wide range? Is that normal or is that unique? It's fairly unique. There's always going to be a few teams like that. And where you see it happen is with the teams that are right around that six and six mark, you know, six and six, five to seven wins, somewhere in that mark. And they have a lot of competitive games the way Arizona does this year. Now, there aren't going to be many like that look like that. Um, Usually you know, there's going to be some skew one way or the other. But with Arizona, they're pretty much this fairly even distribution. I mean, their highest percent chances of wins are only 13%. That's low. Usually the high, the highest percent chance of a particular win total is at least like 16 17% or something like that. It varies by team and by league, of course, but 13% is pretty low. So it just shows you how much, how much variance there is for this team this year. And I think it'll make it actually pre- to be a pretty exciting team to follow. What fun. We could leave it there. Justin McAleese, McAleese Sports, McAleeseSports.com. Before we let you go, what should like, what do you want to plug? What do you want people or Wildcat Radio listeners to know about? I know they can find you on Twitter at McAleese Sports and find you online, but I know this is like you have the preview, but what else can people look forward to as college football season gets going here? Yeah, so some of the articles you mentioned already have the rising and falling. I've got my college football atlas preview. I hope your listeners will check it out. It's over 500 pages, biggest preview in the country. And I think you guys can hopefully back me up here. I think it's got as many numbers or more than, than any, any other preview and more analytics and that sort of thing. And, and as the year goes on, I'll have weekly predictions and all of those sorts of things. Um, odds ratings is a special kind of rating I do during the year that shows how teams are winning and losing their games, I think is really interesting. I'll update the pie ratings as the year goes along. And then, of course, do as the year winds down, do some college football playoff rankings and, and, and bowl projection stuff towards the end of the year. Very good. Justin Mackley says 500 pages along. Don't worry. This is an Arizona podcast, not an ASU podcast. So our listeners can read. So good chance we can send some people your way. Justin Mackley, Mackley sports. Thanks for joining us on Wildcat radio 2.0. All right. Great to be on with you guys. Thank you. All right. We come back more football for you. Welcome back. Thanks again to Justin McAleese of McAleese Sports for breaking everything down because, Brett, like we had a chance to look at his methodology. We've seen his uh, report here for Arizona, and 
There's a lot of numbers, and I'm not going to say I can make sense of all of it because I'm not a computer. But talking to him, listening to him, understanding what his computer, what his system has found, like I can get on board with it. Like nothing seemed out of bounds. Nothing seemed like he's not a homer. He's not an Arizona guy trying to find a reason to think they'll be decent. The computers looks at Arizona, what they did last season, what they're bringing in this season, and says there's no reason they shouldn't be a decent football team. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's confirmation bias on our part. As oh, fans. it absolutely is. We don't talk to him if he doesn't send out that tweet about how good well, he thinks Arizona's going to be. <laughs> so, yes. Point, point taken. The probability of us wanting to talk to him increased dramatically when he says we're going to be good next year. But, you know, a lot of the numbers, even looking at the, the, the competitiveness scores of, you know, of, of the la- games last season, and it kind of tracks with what, you know, our eyes told us, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm not going to... I consider myself a decent person with numbers, but even then there's a lot to digest here and it's, it's really fascinating to look through it and, you know, we're even go into like, if you're, you know, a degenerate gambler, it's probably worth an investment, but there, um, yeah, there's a lot here. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really fascinating to see the wide range of outcomes. And even that kind of confirms what I think our thought is where we don't really know what we have with this, with this team. Right. Um, we don't know, uh, if you know how much we know they're going to be better, but we don't know how much. And that kind of shows up in his distribution of what projected possible wins could be. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it, 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 so to some extent there's, there's a lot of options there. So he's got his bases covered, but I think the numbers there make sense. And if you're an Arizona fan, you say, yeah, you know, it, it kind of lays out in a way that I could see playing out with like, I think he said the, the, the rounded record of the probabilities like of each seven game, five, maybe seven and five. I mean, that's, probably realistically best case scenario, even though the, the odds even have some pretty decent chances of some higher records, but that puts Arizona fifth in the pack 12, uh, which every Arizona fan would take that. In a hey, now that's Chet fish that she doesn't seem so crazy. Does it? <laughs> hey, if I'm on the record that if they get at or above 500 at any point next season, you extend that man. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find that Macaulay sports.com. It's a, Really good football. So I think it's just like 20 bucks, And it's so detailed, not just Arizona, but pretty much everyone in college football. And, of course, Justin talked about how he's going to have different things throughout the week, analysis of games, what the computer says. And, you know, like I said, it's not his predictions. He may – I don't know if he's an Arizona fan or not. We didn't ask. But his computer is an Arizona fan right now, at least in terms of improvement from the 2021 season, which, yeah, I mean, I, I can see it. <laughs> like – and, and we're going to hear a lot about it during fall camp, which has started. You read the coverage, and if there's one thing we know from camp, it's that everything's always good, right? As long as there's no injuries and everyone stays healthy, everyone's bigger, everyone's improved, everyone has a better understanding of the playbook. But for Arizona, that's all probably true. They go into this camp bigger with another year with a strength program. Tyler owns a lot of the freshmen who arrived on campus in January. They should know the playbook better because they've now been in it. You know, Jeff Fisher's had more time to install everything. Like, there's legitimate reason just as camp opens, forget like the talent improvement, which is, we know that's true, but just year two is a lot better than year one with a whole new coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's something that it's hard for uh, non-Arizona fans, I think, to think about where it's what 40 something new guys on the roster that weren't here last year. Uh, but, you know, all indications you know, like those those weightlifting videos that we talked about last week that that to is coach to is putting out there you know it seems like guys are bought in it seems like guys are focused uh there are some awesome interviews friend of the pod michael lev i saw asking questions to, to speedy luke and it's you know i found myself being like oh right we have the guy that was the mvp of the all-american game <laughs> on the team now that wasn't here in the spring 
uh, and I'm I get really excited about thinking about you know him returning kicks and taking a couple handoffs. Um, you know, like you said, it's it's hard to it's hard to lose uh, you know the the fall camp, right? It's it's a narrative game, um, but boy, uh, you know the bad news is that a jetfish off season has ended, but the good news is football season has officially started, and I think that there's a lot of reasons for us to to really be curious and it's it's almost analogous to i think a year or two ago we were looking at the arizona basketball rosters and it's like this is an intriguing roster now right yeah, um yeah. and i don't you know i don't know what the, the floor is and i don't know what the ceiling is but it, i know it's going to be a fun team to yeah. watch looking forward to seeing like you mentioned speedy luke they're returning kicks and you know something like justin mentioned like a kick return for a touchdown right like the, the odds when you were when you return a kick for a touchdown your odds of winning go up I know your odds when you block a punt and score off of that, they go up and Arizona blocked the punt against Utah and still lost the game. So like last year's Arizona was pretty special in terms of like the bad luck that they dealt with or the things that didn't go the way they were supposed to. But yeah, just when you have better talent, like football players win games, coaches could scheme their way to a lot to competitiveness, but football players are going to win the games. And if you have better players, you have superior athletes. And now this might might not be superior. Like Arizona just finally has players who are on the same level as their opponents. But when you have that, when speedy look does, break a screen pass for a 65 or 70 yard touchdown or he takes a kick return back to the house like that's a difference maker that's a momentum changer that's something that arizona hasn't had of late and you mentioned like the weight room i saw the reports that jay and delora gained 20 pounds of muscle like he's not a huge guy but that's only going to help him right like these are guys who are bought in and where i think compared to last year when jet fish was hired in december and of course got really quickly trying to put a camp together still coming off the pandemic and everything like they've had the entire off season in this system. A lot of guys, he's had a chance to refine his system too in the install process, and just they know what they're doing more. It's a more comfortable coaching staff. It's a more comfortable roster, and that can only help them. Where you're not starting from like zero, from ground zero right now. You're starting from, a, you know, you said as many new players. Yes, there's a lot of new faces, but it's different for all of them. It should be better. It should be cleaner. I think that was the reports we had last year when we were talking to Michael, like how different has camp been? You know, what's the vibe been like and the practices? And he said it was mar- it was markedly different. But just for the coaches, it has to be easier too. Like this is more their roster now than it was last season. Oh, totally. And it's, you know, last year, a lot of commentators kind of talked about how the Arizona rebuild that last year was really year zero, not year one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last week at, at Pac-12 Media Day, I found it really fascinating that Jed Fish literally said, uh, you know, this is year one of our rebuild, <laughs> right? Basically confirming that uh, that notion. Um, and so the, the, it's, it's going to be really interesting to watch. I'm curious to see the reports that come out of camp, you know, seeing a, an initial depth chart, if we get one, it sounds like there's maybe a little bit of opaqueness on, on that. Well, there won't be a quarterback. There's no, there's not gonna be any, or, you know, like it's been announced yeah. that Dolores is going to be running with the ones, like the plan is for him to be the starter, which is good. Like we'll do our depth chart stuff down there. We got plenty of yeah. time still, but that one seems pretty, pretty well locked up. Well, and, and to your point of, you know, Jed Fish is working with his guys. You know, we talked about this before, you know, in the size, size matters, length matters, especially in the red zone. And that was where Arizona maybe didn't lose games, but they certainly didn't win them when they weren't putting points, touchdowns on the board. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what shows up a little bit in the, the variance between, you know, Justin's competitiveness scores in those games and their actual likelihood of winning those games. Right. Like they were, Arizona was out gaining teams. A lot of the, a lot of those games or was right there with them, uh, but they couldn't put points on the board and, that roster improvement should have, you know, if, if that roster improvement, even with a lot of the true freshmen, hasn't made that improvement, um, 
then something else is is wrong, and that's a different you know question to answer. But it's it's going to be fun, I think. Yeah. Well, if the roster say has improved by a touchdown, we'll say six or seven points, right? Whether it's just the transfers, the freshmen, uh, organic improvement that you get from being in the system better, the coaching improvement, coaching gets better. Arizona was within a score in the fourth quarter of how many of those losses? Like most of them. I think it was like eight of them. You know, yeah. that's to say that they lost by you know seven or less. But it's a different story when you're leading. You know, when you have a lead in the fourth quarter where you can be trying to put a game away as opposed to having to come back. So, yeah, there's a reason to think that just talent will get them to be more competitive. But coaching needs to improve, too. Uh, yeah. we, we forget that Jed Fish was a first-year head coach, his first time being the full-time head coach. And did he make mistakes? Yeah, I'm sure he would tell you, like, oh, he didn't like that play call. No, I'm, we've talked even last year. So it's, like, it's a good play call until the players don't do it right. You know, a screen pass is a fine call until Will Plummer throws it into the arms of a linebacker. You know, or Jordan McLeod airmails his receiver and he gets be like, that's the safest pass possible. It only looks bad because the players didn't execute it. But there are certain things that when you have your players and they're better coach, they're better understanding of the system, you can get away with. Like Delora's known as a bit of a freelancer, right? Like he makes some of his best plays just when he's kind of scrambling around. Well, that's going to be a little bit easier with a coaching staff who knows his players better and knows his offense. And when you have better talented receivers, when you have more weapons, you can get open in those scenarios where maybe they couldn't before. So from a pure talent perspective, yeah, they're better. How much better and how much of an impact we'll see from that, that's to be determined. But you can't look at this roster as it enters fall camp here and not look in and say, oh, yeah, uh, compared to last year, ooh, you know. And even last year I think was better than the year before, but the difference between 2021 and 2022, the Arizona Wildcats in August, is dramatic. And it's in a good way, a really good way. Again, I mean, one of the things Justin talked about that, hammers that point home to me adam is like just look at the quarterback room like look at look back last year and when jordan mcleod uh you know last year when i had the washington state transfer and we were hoping that he would take charge and be the quarterback Mm -hmm. my things have changed (laughs) you know so it's a i mean look at how much the offense changed when he he took over before he got hurt right yeah um and it was the offense was moving the ball now you know he maybe threw the ball away a few too many times as well uh, against Oregon. Um, but Jordan McLeod is in a competition for the number two spot and a real and a, and a tough one at that. Right. Yeah. And if, you know, you have a real honest to God quarterback room now that, you know, guys that were starting games last year, I mean, Will Plummer is injured and he's, you know, it sounds like he's pretty well engaged with, uh, you know, you know, help and support the guys in the quarterback room while he's recovering from his injury. Uh, but, you know, it's just a completely different room and no quarter, you know, no position can impact, you know, luck or ability to like offset, uh, you know, Jaden Delore, you say is really good at scrambling, uh, and making plays on the, on the move. Maybe he needs that against an O line. That's probably the biggest question mark on the roster. Yeah. But you know, if you get good decision-making at that spot and, and a massive upgrade in just the raw talent, boy, it's going to be real curious to see what happens. Yeah. Well, I think to your point, like that quarterback room, it probably ends up being Delora, I would say McLeod, then Fafita, and then Will Plummer like as your top four. Now, Grand McLeod and Fafita could be interchangeable, which is a good thing. That's no knock on McLeod because I would feel comfortable with him as their starting quarterback. Just like by the end of the season, I felt pretty comfortable with Will Plummer being the starting quarterback. Now, do I think Will Plummer gets you to seven or eight wins? No. But perhaps healthy with another year in the system because he certainly grew over the course of last season. Now, the question for Delora is going to be, of course, how does he fare in a different offense? He's coming from a much different system in Washington State. He went to Arizona knowing what he's getting into. He wants to be a part of it, so he's going to learn and be all about it. But 
he has experience. Like, you know the talent is there. This isn't like how Gunnar Cruz hardly played, and you're like, can he be the starting quarterback? Delora's been a starting quarterback in the Pac-12 and been a good one, too. You know, Will Plummer was competent by the end of the season last year. And Jordan McLeod, we've seen in his previous stop, and we saw in his very brief moment as a starting quarterback in Arizona that he could move the ball. But mm-hmm. what Delora can do with his ability to scramble, with his ability to throw the ball down, with the little gunslinger mentality that excites you. And then when you look at, like, Jacob Cowing, you look at Jamari Joyner, I was reading, I think it was, I don't know if it was one of Lev's thing or if it was Justin Spears, both from the Friends of the Pod. But, like, Jamari Joyner may find a role, like, as one of the twos or something. Like, I think Jamari Joyner is an NFL caliber receiver if he's healthy. And you have Cowing, you have T Mac, you have Dorian Singer, and then you have the tight ends. Like, there seem to be so many weapons. And hopefully they now have a quarterback room that could take advantage of it. And like I, I think you think they do, and I, I agree, which is part of what makes this such an exciting camp. Like, it's almost like just stay healthy, right? Like, just stay healthy. No big injuries. Like, that's what it – because the roster's pretty good. You don't have to prove as much to us. But certainly there is work to be done. Like, if the season started today, would Jaden Delora be ready to run the offense the way he needs to? Probably not. But hopefully in a month's time, when San Diego State comes calling, he will be. That's what fall camp is for, right? That's what they say. Um, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, I'm curious to see the, the initial reports and how guys are looking, how kind of the, the live scrimmages look. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, I think there's going to be a pretty open practices, so we should get a pretty good sense of that. Uh, I don't know if that'll maintain if Arizona starts to get concerned that they actually will be competitive and they don't want to give away too much. But yeah, it's, it's, the countdown is is on to uh, to game day and the season's starting, Adam. Say other things really quick that I'm interested to see. Tyler Loop, I want to see the reports on him because he's taking over as the full-time kicker. He wasn't the big leg kicker last season. He had a lot of the shorts. He was good. He was really good, but I want to see how he fares because Arizona, being the type of team they are, is probably going to need some field goals or a missed extra point could really cost them type of thing. So their special teams need to be good. And I want to see just how the defense is with Johnny Nansen as opposed to Don Brown. You know, the changes there in terms of how they're going to be covering things. And obviously it's tough when you're in practices. Like you don't know how good the defense is against the Arizona offense, who's showing what, what they're trying. You know, it's different. But mm-hmm. I want to see that, you know, from even uh, spring camp, how Hunter Eccles was something like he might be a surprise off the edge, a good pass rusher. Well, I want that to continue, right, because that would be huge for them. And, then of course, they got to figure out their linebackers and stuff like that. There are positions where we will go through our depth chart. Quarterback is not one of them right now, hopefully. It doesn't become one. Like, that should be settled. Most other spots, like, we have an idea, like, at the receiver room. Offensive line is probably fairly set, but linebacker, defensive line, defensive back, running back. There's a lot of position battles. There's a lot of things that still need to be sorted out. But not that they're hoping to find someone good, but that they're hoping to figure out which of the best players are going to play. Like, that's the depth on this roster. Drink. Like, that's just, it's there in a lot of spots. And that's what camp is for, is not trying to build a team but to choose your team. And that's what I think is different this year compared to last. But of course, someone like Michael Lev or Justin Spears or Brian Peterson from Desert Swarm, AZ Desert Swarm, people who are there at practice, will bring them on to talk about what they're seeing too because they're watching this happen. We're reading. Yeah, that, that it's. I, I think you have a really good point on, on Nansen um, because it's a new scheme, a new system. It's not going to be you know sending guys over the walls, blitzing on every play. We don't think so anyway. <laughs> well, it's, you know, and, and there might be, one of the, the the big, you know, kind of consistent things in in the commentary of of guys like Lev and talking about the new system, is that like are some of the guys that were maybe exposed or let let out left out to dry, 
uh, <coughs> Washington State game safeties, um, <laughs> you know, if are they going to be put in a better position to be successful, yeah. right? Um, and I, I, it sounds like there's some expectation that that will be the case. Uh, and maybe that, you know, those some of those positions that seem like a weakness are maybe less of that or less so than it seemed just based on the scheme and the talent fit, uh, you know, for that for that scheme. But, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to play some football. Well, not play football. Yeah, I don't think you're ready to play some football. I, I'm Your wife needs you alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to watch some football and, and have a have a beer or two. There we go. That that sounds more like your speed and mine as well. So, of course, we'll get into our position breakdowns, our depth chart breakdowns over the coming weeks. You know, there's a month until the first game. It's August 3rd as we record. September 3rd is the opener against San Diego State to open up their brand new stadium. There's a lot to figure out by then, but hopefully it's fun things. Hopefully it's fun conversations that we'll be able to have. We'll talk with, you know, the people who are down there. We'll bring them on, some friends of the pod, because we want to get that first town account. Once again, thanks to Justin McAleese from McAleese Sports for giving us his insight from his methodology because his computer thinks Arizona's going to be pretty good this year and we'd like to agree with that so we're, we're happy with his computer if that one wants to take over the world that's fine like I for one welcome Justin McAleese's computer sports overlord you know uh ESPN may not like Arizona uh, Adam but math sure seems to at least according to his model. <laughs> for sure um make sure you're following us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ uh, we'll always post some stuff there, some commentary on what's going on with Arizona Athletics. And, of course, if you have a question you want us to answer, just send it to the Twitter account, and we'll get, try to get to it on our next show. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify. If you are on iTunes, make sure you subscribe. Well, on both of them. But if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. We will read that review on the air because we like talking about ourselves. Isn't that and, what that is? Like, it's just, or we like others talking about us, I guess. We like to be judged. <laughs> that's definitely another way to look at it so once again fall camp is happening i guess we didn't even talk really quick arizona got a commitment i forgot arizona yeah. football a big player literally big six seven yeah tristan davis three star from oregon not bad so like there we we're gonna have to talk about that next week but i squeeze it into this week so there we go you know there you go efficiency because we're already here now so <laughs> like a pro adam dog nailed it <laughs> <laughs> but whatever else happens to me now in our next show we'll be sure to talk about it. it's probably gonna be football because football is happening so we'll talk about that all next week and until then remember to bear down bear down